0: Hello everyone, welcome to Red Men Radio, the Liverpool podcast. I am Paul and I'm joined by Chris Pajak. Hello. Um, the award-winning... Chris Pajak, thank you. Mm. Chris
1: Pajak.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no one's ever said it like that before, no, I do right, like that. The
1: award-winning Chris Pajak. And um, the award-winning
0: Paul Machen. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, yeah, the, two, the two-time Northwest Football Awards fan TV channel of the year. Um, I'm straight. I mean, I'm not saying the competition was fierce. Um, it was, though, wasn't it? it? It ended up being more fierce than it should have been, is all I'll say. Sly um, on... Everyone else. Ross. <laughs> Ross, you actually very, worked very hard to get us that award, uh, but almost not hard enough. But, you know, it doesn't matter. We're over the line. It's, it's very enough. much like Liverpool season. Um, a you know, I, I'm complaining because we didn't we didn't absolutely you, wipe the you floor. You don't know when the operation. next fan
1: vote is, Paul, and <laughs> you don't want to... I got everybody to vote this, and everyone, oh, I'm
0: not doing it again, lads. Liverpool... Pretty much cleaned up as well last night. They won the they won an award for the Salah jumping out of the, yeah, the of Salah thing yeah stuff yeah yeah they won um, Trent Alexander, Alexander Arnold won Rising Star most Salah won Player of the Season and um, Alex Oxlade Chamberlain won Goal of the Goal of the Year as well and then um, we won Fan TV Challenge so brilliant massive um, round of applause <laughs> to yourselves at home for voting if you didn't vote fuck you um, anyway kick off question this week comes from. Um, Andrew JB, uh who's one of our subscribers, um, on the RedmanTV.com. If you could pick three players from our squad who you would grant international break immunity to, who would they be? Mane. Okay. From what you were saying
1: yesterday, we just don't have another left winger in the squad. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's not ideal having like Lalana and Firmino out there, is it really? Mm. Um so I think I'd I'd grant him it. Um Van Dijk, just because he improves the defence so much if yeah. you pick up an injury or something, you know, it's pretty obvious why you're gonna pick Van Dyke. And then I was torn between being a bit of a tit and picking Andy Robertson because I don't want Moreno in the starting eleven. Right. Or Bobby Firmino for everything that he does. Yeah. And I've decided to go with
0: Bobby Firmino because I, Moreno isn't actually that bad. Bobby Firmino is for me my number one pick because he just needs to stop. Tra- I mean, I, I, th- I think I've heard that they're the playing the, the international friends uh, locally. I think they're all in, in the UK or Europe this time around, so it's not as much oh, of a good. big deal. Like, But I, I'm, I, I'd be arsed with Bobby Firmino, travelling thousands and thousands of miles, playing football and then having to come back and play all the football for us. So he would be nailed on. I would almost, like, I would be prepared to triple down on him just to make sure that he, he was fine. But that, that's boring, so I won't. Um, Joe Gomez I've gone for because... I think we can have, I mean, you don't want Van Dijk getting out a long-term injury, you don't want anyone getting a long-term injury, but in terms of the development of his career, he's had so many, and he's just, he is the one I go into every, I've gone into every international break so far this season. Expecting Joe Gomez to get injured because that's what happens to promising English lads mm. in our team, particularly ones who've had injury problems in the past. You just know, you just know it. It's written in, it's written in the stars, isn't it? Because England are just a bad gang of dickheads. Um, so no, I would give it to, I would give it to Gomez, and then like, it's the Mane arguments, it's kind of along those lines. I wouldn't mind it being Sadio Mane, I wouldn't mind it being Salah, but Naby Keita similarly because he's another one who got injured the last time. He needs a solid run of games for us, and I'm just, yeah, he's not You have those moments, don't you, in a career where you it might not take off mm. because you just get an injury at the wrong time and then you never find your form. And then everyone goes, Well, you need a proper pre season, and then if something happens in pre season, it's then that right of and so on and so forth. So I think he's a, he's a, he's a wonderful talent, and I want to see him play for us. And it would be so annoying having just got him back. To Lose him again to, lo- to lose him again without even seeing anything like the best of him. Um, yeah, let us know your three players. Uh, you would grant international breaking immunity to in the comments or tweet us at the redmen TV as well. Um, news in brief, then uh, we're going to be coming on to talk about Fulham, Shane Chikiri, and uh, for addressing, I, know, I guess, the elephant in the room, but not really. Um, in, in Zelko Buvac uh, a little bit later on, but. Joe Cole has retired from football. Chris, is this recent news? Literally, as as a time of a t- hot off the press. Okay, a time of tightening Um I've put shrug um, because I, as a, from a Liverpool perspective, I'm not asked. I, I don't hold him in fond regards at all. Um, but it is mad when you consider he's around that era, and he's he's of the Gerrard era. He's of the Lampard era. He's of the Terry era. You know these. He was of the golden generation. He's outlasted them all. Yes. Um yes, yes, he has. But he it's it's funny, isn't it, how he had the world at his feet ten years ago and everyone was tipping him to be something, you know what I mean, one of the best players in the world, maybe maybe slightly twelve years ago, say. So. And, you know, his career just once he left once he left Chelsea and came to us, he never he never peaked again as a footballer.
1: No, I mean, was he, we were talking about it before, I mean, was he 30 when he came to us? He wasn't going to peak at 30, was he? Yeah. You know, he's one of those lads who had injury problems and not like yeah. out for a year at a time, but he, he was always one of those lads who would consistently pick up injuries and yeah. stuff. And he knew where the goal was and he was probably more talented than his career. Never really hit the heights, I think, yeah. isn't it? You know, as, as a Liverpool player, Yeah. Meh.
0: Uh, was it his first game did he get sent off against Arsenal yeah, or something which, for us which summed up his Liverpool career and in fact Roy Hodgson's reign uh, absolutely perfectly and I always wonder about that game and if if he hadn't got sent off if we'd gone on and won that what Liverpool would have you know it might have taken us another six months <laughs> to get rid of Roy Hodgson and then the knock on effect and blah 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 it's funny, funny how that happens but he was a phenomenally talented footballer, but it was interesting. The sto- I remember the stories about him under Mourinho at Chelsea, and Mourinho just fucking hated him because he was too thick to understand what he wanted him to do. So he had to be on him, he had to ride him to get the performances he needed out of him. And after a while, he just got bored of him. I remember when we, you know, it, it, it's it's worth remembering. That was a big. That was a big signing when we when we got him at the time. There was a lot of fanfare around Liverpool and getting him on a on a Bosman, um, because he was a he was a big name and he was a big talent. But he never, I think, he was, I don't think he ever had the. He was never the full package.
1: He was playing under the wrong manager as well. I think you know, although he did well at Chelsea on that Mourinho side. I remember those stories as well, actually. But for me, it was always he was a maverick on the pitch. And he was that like X factor, and. Merino didn't really want that and has no. never really wanted that. He wants people to do and enact his plan yeah. to the letter almost. So it was never a good fit for him. Had he had somebody who maybe trusted him to do a little bit less of the defensive work and flourish further down the pitch, he might have gone on and had a better career. Listen, he was one of the most talented footballers I think I think England's produced in the last 20
0: years. It's that thing where as to be the full package... He had the tech, all the technical attributes, but it, it, that game intelligence thing makes a massive difference. Because you're right, he's a, he was a bit of an enigma. Which is why Mourinho doesn't, as you say, doesn't fit in with Mourinho. But you can like w- world class players are enigmas. The, the world class talents in the final third are enigmas to some to some degree. But he's he was one of them where like Balotelli to some extent does a bit of this where. He just does stuff, and and like when it, when you're on form and you're flying and things are going in the top bin and all it's all coming off, you look absolutely incredible. But the genuinely brilliant players, when that stops working, go about doing the fundamentals better mm. than better than everyone else as well. And I remember, he, it was the World Cup 2006, I think, and he scored that wonder goal against Sweden where he blammed it into the top bin, and he that should have been like a here's what I'm capable of. Now I'm going to go on and be the best player in the. The team in the tournament or whatever, but because he'd done that, he felt that was in his locker all of a sudden, and he spent the rest of the tournament and the rest of trying his career to trying to recreate that goal. Um So yeah, I mean, yeah, a shame. I, I remember having very, very, you know, being a teenager and seeing him come through the ranks and, and at West Ham, and it was such an exciting, exciting young player. And uh, yeah, all, I mean, we wish Joe Cole all the best, and no, no ill feelings towards him because we're, we've Liverpool gone on and been all right, really, haven't we? Um Although he. He, he 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 had the Jinx song, if you recall. The, the, the Harry Kuel, Danny Ings, Joe Cole all had the same song. It was Harry, Harry Kuel, Joe, Joe Cole. It's the fucking worst. The absolute worst. If you want to guarantee that the player's not going to take off at Liverpool, oh. give them that song. Um, Liverpool hired Man City's fitness coach, Chris. Go ahead. That's for 11
1: years at, at the, the Reds. Club. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Nice, that, isn't it? Mm. So does that mean that we're now, you know, Oxide Chamberlain is coming back in a couple of weeks or something like that. Cause that's what they seem to do all, <laughs> the, all the bloody time, isn't <laughs> it? Like,
0: yeah, absolutely. Um, fine. I, I mean, it's you, you. You were telling me about this. He, he'd been there since the Svenngor and Eriksson days. I don't see this as the coup of like. This is not like a guy that Peps brought over with him, and we, uh, you know, and it's been part of this. Revolution that we're having off, so I'm not like I don't feel like this is some major thing that Liverpool have, uh, have done per se. But, um, it, 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 the good thing is, is that if you're looking at your nearest rivals, you can't go and nick any players off them, and you're not going to get any, and it'd be tif- difficult to get coaching staff because there's probably like garden and leave and all that kind of stuff that you've got to go through. You're not like you'll be allowed to jump ship straight over, also Arteta. Awesome! Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Whereas this, you're getting someone who's actually, you know, he's been there, he's been on the ins and outs, he knows Man City's squads and players and all their weaknesses inside and out. You're a big fan of marginal gains. I like. I, I really like this as, as, yeah. as, as that idea. Oh, mate, he's, he's spending, the next time we play Manchester City, he's having
1: a little word in James Milner's ear and say Dodgy Ankle. Mm. And James Milner goes, bang! And he goes, I know I have. How's it doing, James? <laughs> But no, that's right, isn't it? You talk marginal gains there, and that's exactly what you want. You want to know your your, your opponent's weaknesses, and you know you want to know their te- techniques as well, and how they recover and stuff like that. Their facilities are absolutely one of the best facilities in the world, Manchester yeah. City. And if you can revolutionise ours and bring ours up to the same spec, because I'm sure ours are very bloody good as well, but I don't think they're held in quite as high regard he'll probably look at that and he's probably looking at the, the new training ground complex and all that and he might actually help to shape that side of things as mm-hmm. well. So I for the next yes, couple of years we might see a really big improvement especially when we get into that training
0: ground. It is interesting you know, that the, the backroom staff has gone under a lot of changing but it, it, we'll come on to the Bouvac stuff a bit later on of course Like, but it is that you know we People think of a Klopp as having this inner circle, but it, it's been in flux. We've rotated. We have brought new people in. You know, we talk about the you know, the new goalkeeper coaches coming, bringing someone else in terms of the physio department. I think it's I think it's great. It shows that Liverpool are moving forward. Um, also, you know, there's there's been again a few little hamstring
1: injuries over the course of this season already. You know, we saw it at the start of last season as well. He, it's, it could be proactive, this stuff as well. It doesn't have to be reactive, does yeah. it? So we might be able to do something about that to make sure that we're not picking up as many injuries in the first place.
0: Well, yeah, you know, again, no one looked at Man City last year and said that they, they fell, their fitness fell off a cliff. And again, if there's anything you can learn from that and how they were doing it, maybe there are just some little sneaky tips and secrets that he's picked up, maybe even from people that Pep might have brought brought in, then yeah interesting stuff, um Daniel Sturge, we have to be careful with this, um but Daniel Sturridge uh, has denied a misconduct charge over alleged breach of betting rules um this came we were driving to Manchester for the awards last night, and this kind of this kind of broke Chris um so there's not there actually isn't too much more on it. He had until six p m today to um to you know basically uh, reply he's denied, he's or denied if you believe the metro on. on the bus the
1: 20th of january What? that's what it said in the metro on the bus. What did it say? I he's got to the twentieth of January to reply, which I've, that's the only place I've seen it. That said, that's weird. Yeah, it was twentieth everywhere else, wasn't it? I saw twentieth of November on Twitter last night. Twentieth of January in the Metro, and you've just said today. Yeah. So I've got no
0: idea actually when it is because mm-hmm. three different throws. Yeah, six, different days. six p.m. today, I think it is. Um, or but a Tuesday, I, You know, i saying that it said six p.m. Tuesday, so it might have been. Might be next Tuesday. Who knows? Um, is the next Tuesday? The, the, yeah. There you go. Maybe it's that. Um, 20, yeah. The it's again. Apparently, it relates to an instance when he was on loan at West Brom. Um, he's denied bet, betting on football matches. The problem with this stuff, Chris, I, I, we don't, we don't know what's true and what's not true. and It's best to believe the best in him, I guess. Like, but if he gets if he gets done for that, that could be. God, that that could be like. You could be looking at a length, a lengthy ban for that if he's actually, if he is actually better on football matches. Yeah, I
1: think did Joey Barton get eighteen months or something, and then he got reduced down to six, was it or something like that? At this stage of his career, you know, that that could really hurt his chances of yeah. getting back into this Liverpool side. We already know that he's on the fringes, but he's just got to kind of wait and see on this one. I think, I think if there is some kind of a ban. Then Klopp probably moves in January. Mm. Yeah, it's an interesting one because it's just it's so, not seen anything of slanky Regi's gone ahead of him in the pecking order, and I don't really think Klopp rates Regi that highly. No, it's
0: it's yeah, it's a it's a real sh- just a blow, and you know, just look from a pure selfish Liverpool fan perspective, which is what we you know what we do, what we are. It would be so it would be so annoying to be in a world where we've actually got a very a, a very good, very talented, very capable. Striking understudy there, and Daniel Sturridge, and for that to blow up and, and, and cost us, is are right. Because, you know, I, I can I can justify the decision to loan out Danny Ings, but if you're now left with difficulty who God who, knows, don't get me wrong, I well, Danny he, Ings is better than Solanke and Ariggy. Yeah, well, Danny Ings has scored, but like probably like five goals this season already. Like you know, he's um he's he's a good he's a very good he's a very good player. We still we just don't know. It's so like, and as you say, the fact that he's not been cited, and I really, we have, albeit as a bit of a Hail Mary, last last throw of the dice in in, be- in Belgrade, in which he was fine, by the way. But he, um you wouldn't be. Th- th- it would strip my confidence to know that we didn't have someone of Daniel Sturridge's caliber available to us. Well, that's the the the, the major annoyance. Yeah,
1: us. let's hope that he wasn't. Let's hope that he wasn't doing it. Basically, and, you know the, the, that he's selling the tooth,
0: and yeah. let's hope that he's he's back in the side sooner rather than later. Yeah, hopefully, we'll know more about that. If there's more uh, later in the week, it will be covered by State on the Red News Roundup Show. Uh, there's a few bits and pieces of transfer news flowing around, which we won't get into. We didn't have time to research, but yeah, um, Thursday this week that's going to go out on, on the RedMentv.com. All this kind of stuff in more depth and detail. Chris, um, uh, we've done a lot on Fulham this week. I, I just want to kind of put a bit of a bow on it. Um, it was a, an unusual early afternoon game. Um, you know, we, we, we talked about this at the time. I, I didn't walk out know, overly enamoured with the performance. I don't think Liverpool were particularly great on the day. I think they were much better second half and in fact, if you know, if if Liverpool, that second half performance is the kind of performance that we, should be our new stock level, I think. Totally dominant, shutting out the opposition, not letting them cause any problems whatsoever and grinding out wins that should be I don't want to see Liverpool slip below this level
1: Yeah Liverpool were good second half against Fulham and I think if I remember correctly they had six shots in the first half only oh no eight shots maybe in the first half only two in the second half and none on target, so yeah. Allison didn't have to make a save. and One of those shots was blocked as well and one off target. So Liverpool started to recover the ball, higher up the pitch second half as well. Um, we didn't actually have quite as much possession as the first half, which I found was quite interesting. Um, but they, they definitely struggled to get into our area. It's goal kicks, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was one of them where... You, very similar to the Huddersfield game last season I think wasn't it now all right you didn't get the three second half goals like that Huddersfield game but when you just sort of feel batting, a, batting a team aside and yeah. it's just like yeah we know what you're gonna do now we know what you're about here and we're just gonna we're just gonna do this and actually I felt like the last 10 minutes when we went to a 4-3-3 we looked really good again yeah and that was in what was interesting about that Paul, was that that was when James Milner came on, mm-hmm. and we've been talking, haven't we, all week about does Milner shoot a four two three one? Can you get him into that side? But well, when he came on, we shifted to a four two three. And what was also interesting, Fabinho played the eight, and Hendo the six. Yeah. And then Mo Salah got a couple of opportunities between the 87th and the 92nd minute where he was running down that right hand side and he looked a little bit more Mo Salah. Yeah. Because he wasn't, he didn't have that fella always on his back. You know, the, the centre backs were marking him so closely. When he went out to that right hand side for the last 10 minutes, he had that little bit of breathing room
0: and he was able to run with the ball at his feet and put them under the cosh a little bit more. It's, it's those things, seeing Salah on the wing. It's where he's the most exciting now, because we, we, we talked about in the final word, and I, I said when he plays centre forward, he's he's a bit more Torres-esque, and that's sad. Like we we buzzed off Torres, but the problem is we'd not seen Torres in a more expansive role before, and not because he couldn't have played it, of course. But that, Mo Salah is, it feels like as a centre forward, he'll probably be fine. We could probably play all season with Mo Salah centre forward, and he'll score, might score one and two, and he look, he, he might score. Better than one and two, but we won't get he won't get our we won't get bums off seats in quite the same mm. way as he does on the wing. And this this for me boils down to our our overriding problem with this season is that what more important <laughs> are you excited by how Liverpool play or are you pleased that we're winning that we're winning football the, the, matches? The, the,
1: I, I, the difficulty with this for me is I get enjoyment out of the ride. Yeah. But this feels like you're only going to get enjoyment out of this season if you put a trophy on the end of it. Yeah. Because it's not as good footy to watch as last season. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't think that's actually the case. No, no but, so you're, I but no, but you say that with tongue in cheek. No, 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 of course. Bit, but but, I but don't there's think, a grain of truth to it. I don't, think you're, mi- I don't it. think
0: you're miles miles off in that regard because we've we've grown used to the best we ever have. The best we've experienced in the league is glorious failure. You know what I mean? Like where we've gone, we've gone swashbuckling. We we haven't been able to construct a a complete side ever, with the exception of maybe oh uh, eight oh nine. And but even that was was quite. Swashbuckling, and that was quite, you know, at, at those moments of times, and we did. People fall a think bit that
1: short. think of that side as being just ultra sort of negative. Stuff. There was games where we Man United four past them, four yeah. past
0: Real Madrid in the same week. We used yeah. to do that fairly consistently that yeah. season. Well, that was the thing we did was that you know I used to love those Rafa performances where you turn up at Anfield and you'd win two or three nil without breaking a, a sweat whatsoever. Um, but yeah, that was probably the best constructed side, which the, I think is the closest to what we've got in. Everyone goes on about 13-14 but that was what it was. That was that was an exercise. In glorious failure, it was it was a, 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 a season of brinksmanship. It was a season of living on the edge and flying by the seat of your pants, and insert all of the you know the, the, the cliches you want. The, we we don't really know what it looks like to solidly construct a, a, a great season because look this, again, it's something we mentioned it's been doing around on Twitter. This is our best ever start. This is our best our best ever twelve game start to a Premier League season ever, mm. ever, and. We're not happy
1: with it. Do you, do you remember when Man United were winning sides with crap teams, mm. winning titles with crap teams? And we, how oh, the fuck are they league champions? Yeah. They just went about the business and got three points every game. Yeah. And it kind of teams are now starting to look at us. Start of the season, you're right? Liverpool and City going to be pushing each other. Now everyone's going, Liverpool aren't that good. Well, this Liverpool side that aren't that good, a second in the league, two points off top spot without yeah. being beaten so far. So it, it kind of reminds me of what
0: we used to say about them teams. This, this come better. Yeah, the analogy I used this week, I can't remember where we were talking about it and how. In fact, we were talking about Sadio Mane with this, weren't we? And how uh, talent is a circle, mm. and on what, I, and for the for like seventy five degrees of the circle, or eighty degrees of the circle, is just fine. You're fine at football, and then there's like a ten degree at one end where you're absolutely unbelievably world class. But as it wraps round to the other end, it's ten percent. Of being the absolute worst at football, and I feel like we feel like we're kind of hovering around that. That we're fi- we're absolutely fine, but no one knows whether we're on the fine side of going towards world class or we're on the fine side of absolute disaster. Because because that is so finely poised that if Liverpool Liverpool can see two goals, the two the two good chances we we give up against Fulham or the linesman gets the offside decision wrong, then we're, we're tipping into the. Into Liverpool are a bit shit territory because we've just gotten battered in Belgrade, and all of a sudden the worst team in the Premier League's a goal up against a goal up against you at Anfield. But we're kind of clinging on this way. Everyone I think refers to last season so much is because that's our lifeline. Mm. That we like we look look we can do it. We can do this dead attack and stuff. And if and we feel if we feel like we can see more of that, it goes towards the world class. And if we can add that goal stuff, but at the moment. We're ticking over. We found we shouldn't be complaining about where it is, but it does feel very much like. Oh, that doesn't feel. No, sorry, it doesn't necessarily feel like this. I should say, but it, I can see how it feels like this to some people that we're only ever a bad, you know, like a, a, a fluky goal conceded, and the whole house of cards could come coming down the same way as we're like two goals in the first twenty minutes of from of a game away from beating someone seven nil and striding on. Yeah. Yeah. Jaden Shakiri, I want to talk about him because he has—he's been been doing this all summer. uh, and it came to a little bit of a head I think, at the weekend. He's fast becoming people's favourite Liverpool player, and Joe Gomez, I think, is running him very, very close in that regard. And obviously Virgil, etc., etc. Yeah, you you know, we've got a lot of—we've got a lot of great, uh, great players and a lot of players that, that we love. But I've noticed this thing: people, people really like Andy Robertson. And people are, are, really, are so impressed with Joe Gomez, but I think people are ready to love Shane Jacciari because he's he's that you you naturally have people naturally have more of an affinity with the guys who do the special things on the pitch. And the lad I was next to at the match and he said like he's like, God, I love Shaq. And I was like, I'd never Never thought, you know, don't think to verbalize that stuff. But I see it in the comments, I see it everywhere, and I think that you know he gets subbed off the pitch and he gets a standing ovation from the Anfield crowd. And yeah, you can see him; he's on the fast track to being, at the bare minimum, a massive cult hero at Liverpool. Well,
1: and 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 rightfully so as well, Paul, because he comes on and he affects the game. He starts the game and he gets a goal or an assist. He's got that link up play with Mo Salah that we're looking for, and. It's the almost. It's almost the underdog side of things that we like as Liverpool fans. Yeah. You know, he's too, he's too small to be a footballer, and he wasn't good enough at Bayern Munich, and you know he doesn't work hard enough at Stoke. And then all of a sudden you come in and you're like, "Nah, mate, you're all wrong here. We've got a pretty talented lad there yeah. who is hungry for success with us," and the fact is. He's kind of forced his way into this side mm. now, and it doesn't look like he's going to let go. He's got little man syndrome. Yeah, that's what it comes down to. Absolutely and I love yeah. that.
0: Yeah, you stop it. the um, the yeah. I I agree with that. And it, it where it's where it's most pleasing for Shaqiri is look. Last season we we brought in Mo Salah, and it, you know we we do we talk about this all the time. We thought he was going to be an understudy to Mane, but it turned out we were just going to have a winger on either <laughs> on, on, on either flank. He, we were still constructing our attack when Salah, when Salah came in. It's constructed. Shaqiri, we've brought this lad in for 12 million quid from, from Stoke and he's come into the to a team that made the European Cup final last season. That is massive credit for him. Because I think about this is where Liverpool tend to fall down whenever we have those glorious failure seasons. Where do you go from there? So Liverpool finished second in 2008, 2009. What do we do? Well, we have that massive—the massive, massive falling out. There's a fall out with Zabby Alonso. We try for Gareth Barry, and we—you know—we end up with Robbie Keane, and you know, and it's—it's—it's it's, it's just not no, right because to. because to go and improve upon what you've already got normally costs. That's why Allison cost sixty million pounds. That's why Van Dyke costs seventy-five million pounds. But for the Keane to come in, it's a—it's a. It's a it, even if he only is only even if he only plays every other game for us at this point, which is what he kind of kind of what he's doing, it's still a pretty impressive feat so far to be getting that much. Time. And as we, like we said, it feels almost like we are changing the formation, and we're almost sacrificing Firmino to get the best out of Shakiri at the moment. Yeah, yeah. And do you know
1: what? Before before I talk about Shakiri a little bit, I want to circle back to to something about the um, Mo Salah stuff playing in the nine actually. Because I was doing the Stats and Tactics show and obviously I'd said to you on the Final Word show yesterday and and probably after the game maybe as well that I didn't really think that uh, that Salah suited that number nine. You mentioned Fernando Torres there. I I don't. I see the similarities that you're talking about. I actually think he plays it very like Jamie Vardy. Yeah. which Which is a weird comparison. And maybe I don't watch enough of Leicester. Jamie Vardy against us. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, to, to, to draw those comparisons. But I think I have a, a, a decent enough idea of what Vardy does. It's a completely different way of playing the nine to Roberto Firmino. And I think I was probably a little bit disrespectful to Mo until I watched the game back and I watched every touch that he had during the game. And I'd said he wasn't really very good at holding the ball up. I, well, can I just take that back right now? Yeah. Because I watched it all back and he was absolutely superb at it. Yeah. And... He he may not excite me in quite the same way, but he can certainly play that number nine and he's very, very good at it. And what he does is he always gets into the right position in the box. And there was a time when, do you remember that ball Fabinho sent over to Trent Alexander-Arnold? Mm-hmm. If Trent didn't shoot and he just squared the ball, Mo Salah gets an absolute tap in. And there was three or four of them yeah. during the game where if someone had just passed to him, he scores a dead easy goal. Yeah. And the team are still getting used to that, I think. And and when they realise that actually he's going to be on the end of pretty much every low hit cross in the box, yeah. it's gonna be dead easy for us to score loads of goals and Roberto Firmino make five key passes during that game as well from that number ten position. And that's not that's not something that a player does very often. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I can't remember this season actually seeing a Liverpool player make five key passes during a game. So that does kind of suit him at the same time. I'm interested to see how good we can get in this formation yeah. because again I prefer Salah, I agree with you. I a hundred percent agree with he's just dead more he's loads more expensive on the right hand
0: side but we might get to the level of last season goal return with them up top too. Do you know why it is? It's because we've seen lots of world class centre forwards so there's nothing I mean it's exciting it is, but it's he's performing a role that we've seen. That's why I made the Torres comparisons. A lad who you know, it's good, decent at holding it up. Gets but, him he's, but he's but he's got the pace to, to get him behind, even when you don't give him loads of space to get him behind. But you know
1: the, the really and, impressive stuff that he did was was just pressing, mm. and he doesn't press in the same way as Roberto Firmino, but he limited their centre halves to three passes between each other. One of them passed to one once, and the and the other centre back passed to his buddy twice or, so, or something like that during the game. And I'm thinking this is this is what you do. You you cut the pitch in half and you make them play one way. And Mo Salah was superb. It, our centre halves passed the ball to like twenty something times. They passed the ball to each other three times during the football. It, on the pass map, the line didn't even show up between yeah. them. They just weren't passing to each other. Like, and that's Mo doing that. Yeah. And he was constantly hurrying
0: their back line and just not giving them a second to, yeah. to breathe. The thing, the thing is, is where it's it's a hard to recognise it is because he just looked he looked the most visually exciting when he drifted out right, right he and he got to and got to explode. And that's the thing world-class wingers are so far few and far between that he looks so much a better player he looks a better player out wide because he's so fast and you get to see that you get to see that pace in all it's in all its glory whereas we're lucky that he's actually got both types of pace He's quick over five yards, and he's quick over a hundred as well. You know, whatever you know, he's he's he's, fa- he's he's fast over long distances. He's fast over sh- over short distances. And you know, you think about players we've had, like Gerard was faster over 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 longer distances. You just speed up and keep going. And Torres keep going, was yeah. faster over shorter distances. Oh, Owen was faster over shorter distances. That kind of stuff. It was there. It was the acceleration, the naught, the naught gone, basically the stuff. So it's not as like breathtaking watching Mo do that, but at the minute he's you know he's got the eye for goal. He's got the instinct to get himself in and around there. And you might be able to get, you know, 50 top level Mo performances a season at centre forward. Whereas. You're gonna have to, be, you know, you might have to play more sixty minutes than that when he's playing on the wing because he's doing far more motor and far more of the really hard, the really hard run. And so it is interesting. Uh, it's fascinating stuff. Is that stuff you've done? You've done that on stats? Yeah, tactics, on the stat- tactics.
1: So we looked at how he plays the nine really in depth, like, and it was re- It was really, really interesting to just notice the differences to what Firmino does, but how the team benefited from that. So even just a, a, another example, there was always two men dead close to him. Sometimes it was three and four men. And what that did is he was able to get the ball out to our lads who were there for in space. Yeah. And you know we weren't seeing, we're not seeing, we are not see we would not see that type of nine play from Roberto. From, you know, but equally he's on the edge of the eighteen yard line sometimes asking for the ball over the
0: top, and we're yeah. giving it to him. Yeah, I th- I think the one we the one thing we need the little the little tweak to what we do, and because for me Shakiri is very coutinho esque in that I think his best work is done outside the box and he thinks his best work is done outside the box. What was the thing that clock modified of Coutinho's game that made him go up a Stop level? Stop
1: shooting from outside the box. Stop <laughs> shooting from outside the
0: box, but also that like give and go yeah. and charge into the 18 year box. And he started he went up a level because he started breaking inside the 18 and just shoot from just inside the box instead. But also, I think, making a little uh, uh, change back in, in Mane, because uh, he looks most dangerous when he when he hits the byline, when he goes outside. Belgrade, the first half, the only good moments for me that really came from was in that game, where, when Mane took his man off and, and, and went past him. When he does that, he's unstoppable. When he gets in full flow, he's so much better than most people he come up against. And that's the one slight thing that we're lacking and where I, I, I've mentioned this in the past. I think we're just a little, maybe a touch too stock at the moment. We're playing, it's like... The lads all know how to play the formation, but they're not—they're not 100% versed in it Yeah, It's like if you throw any lads into a 4-4-2, they you know they know instinctively where to be, but you have to really work at something to be very to be very good at it. And I just think that like with just having that one runner for him to give us that extra option. I mentioned I referenced like if it was Gerard, if it was Gerard Torres, it's Gerard, it's Torres holds it up, Gerard bombs in beyond them. We either need Firmino to do that, or we need Chiellini to make those run, or we need Mane to make those runs. So you you give defenders another thing to worry about. Is Mo going to turn in and go himself? Is he going to drop a short to Firmino who plays the pass? Is he going to play, to, or is is he going to look for a little ball around the the, the corner? Or, as well?
1: I, I, again, he he did all of those things, and the other thing that he did is because he's constantly running in behind. He, when he does that, someone just needs to follow five yards behind him. Frank Lampard, off, you know, was brilliant at finding that five yards of space. He's pushing all four lads back with a forwards run. We need to get someone in just behind him, like Amani yeah. did that a couple of times. So we might see more
0: of that. I wonder if there's like a, a tactical thing where if we if we start becomes our regular formation, whereas it'll change the tactical approach of op- of, of opponents in so much as they're probably all still training for Firmino. You know, they're still prepared for Roberto Firmino. So maybe they're, you know, the way they're, they're not. If most Salah's there, you might start, you might find the our position defenders start to sit a little bit sit a little bit deeper to make, you know, deeper than they naturally would if it was Firmino, because they know Firmino's going to look to pull them out anyway. So you just go, now it's Salah, we'll just, we'll just sit deep. And that might actually. Free for me, and up a little bit more to be the guy who does take pot shots from from distance and be the guy who does get a few more away. But obviously, we'll see as the uh, as the season progresses. Uh, we're going to talk Buvach after the break, um, but before then, um, you uh, obviously Chris has got the Saturday Nightly Show, which we've referenced. Go and go and watch and listen to that. But we, did the final word on Monday. We don't often plug this on this on this podcast. Um, Chris, in, in amazing fashion, went to bat for Trent Alexander Arnold in a big way on the show. Uh, get involved with this
1: massively important that Jürgen Kopp put him back into the side yeah. after hooking him against Red Star. And I, I thought that would have given him a little bit of confidence and stuff it was great to see him talking with Andy Robertson and laughing and joking about their, their stuff their, their assist their, what you call a competition yeah. throughout the season and stuff but both of them get, both of them get assists yesterday yeah. both of them create two chances uh, both of them create one big chance Tent has more defensive stuff to do than Robbo I think Tent had two tackles two interceptions two clearances and won four of his eight duels where I think Robbo was like one clearance, three interceptions, one of two duels. Robertson was the, the unanimous man of the match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, I, I don't think there was too much difference between the pair, to be honest. And we actually attacked more down the right-hand side than the left yesterday. Uh, yeah. 40% down the right-hand side as opposed to 36 down the left or something. So, again, I come back to what I mentioned before. I do think it's different for Trent this year. I think he has to work harder to find a pass. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he was. As, his passing probably wasn't as good as it as it could have been. I think he completed two of eight crosses. That's about league-wide average for a cross anyway. About one in four, something like that. The best are probably one in three. Good, good, solid performance, but not world class. Yeah, I mean, we've got two lads in the top 10 minutes for under-21s in the league, in Joe Gomez and Trent Alexander-Arnold this season. None of the other top six sides have two lads under-21 and haven't played in that many minutes. We're looking solid. We've got a boss defence with two under-21-year-olds in there. We've conceded five goals and Trent and Robbo both getting assist on the day. Yeah, you make your own minds up
0: <laughs> Yes, brilliant, fantastic. The final word goes out after every single Liverpool game. Normally the Monday for the weekend games where we had a little bit of time to consider it. Cause it was interesting this particular this weekend, Chris, because you and I did the instant match reaction. We actually had quite different views. And it was funny how we both kind of went other ways on stuff when we got round to the got round to the final words. Um because, you know, what what I like about the instant match is it's we do the the inst we do our individual reactions. Then it's nice to have a little bit of a, a a conversation, and then it's it's cool to then go back, soak up the reaction online, soak up the reaction of the players of the of the manager, and I go back and and challenge a few of the assumptions that maybe you had with the you know inside the ground. So yeah, the final word show very 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 very, and it was actually a really good show. Yeah, it was more so than normal. Time. In fact, this week. Um, this. We're getting asked this question all the time and this week it comes from Ryan O'Donnell. He says, a lot has been made recently of us lacking Buvach the brain as a reason for our in inverted commas, poor results and altered playing style. How much value do you put into that reasoning? Do you envisage Buvach returning at some point? These spats have happened between Kopp and himself many times before, just not this drawn out and he is still listed as an LFC employee. Or do you think the change in our form is more due to the lack of rapid connections in midfield and attack? The Ox and to an extent Chan provided last year with a powerful forward runs and link-up, which we're Currently lacking to the same extent as last year. Whew. Right, there's a lot to get through there. Um, I know you did a bit of a rant on this the the week, and I, I've my immediate response to all of this. I, I, I've I, loads of people asking me this, whether it's been on my channel or on the Redman channel or on Twitter, and this and it, It's the the phrasing of it was what gets me, is that it's it's like. It's Bouvac. It is Bouvac. This is the reason why Liverpool are not clicking is because we've lost Bouvac. Why is this not discussing blah, 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 blah? Um, and my res- immediate response to all of these people is, and I'm glad Ryan's picked this up, is we also lost Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain at the same time that Bouvac left, more or less. Um, and I think that... I feel, I have to, and I have to feel and hope, that I think it's, I think it's coincidence... Um, in some regard and I also th- I, what, I'm, what I'm kind of driving is I don't I think I think too much is being made of actually leaving what about yourself
1: yeah I, I think I think exactly the same to be honest I mean it, it comes down to the results and the results are better this season than last season yeah. in the Premier League certainly so for me we're not worse yeah we're not attacking as well and we're not scoring as many goals
0: per game just How are we, I don't know if it's something you've looked at or not, how are we in terms of chance creation this season? Chance creation, couldn't tell, yeah.
1: Shots per game last season was 16.45 on average across the Premier League all year. Shots now is 14.92, so one and a half shots less a game. Mm -hmm. We're recovering the ball six times less a game. And I thought, I wondered if that was down to us having more possession, we're actually having less possession than yeah. last year, and that really surprised me. We had like fifty-seven percent possession in the Premier League last season. We're averaging fifty-four at the moment. But what I find interesting is our xG is actually better this season. Well, that's
0: that. I think that, that's, and that's chance creation, yeah. isn't it? Yeah,
1: that's getting into good areas. And and am I, I sorry to keep referencing the show, but the stats and tactics show. Most weeks, I look at shot quality, and and analyze where Liverpool are taking their shots from because there was an article on StatBomb a few years ago that looked at where Lionel Messi took his shots from and they analysed it and they look at it from an XG point of view and essentially he takes 90% of his shots inside the area. You know why? Because it's easier to score from inside yes. the area than outside the area, Paul. Yeah, yeah. And the shots that he took from outside the area were all free kicks. Yeah. Like He very, very rarely shoots from outside the area over the course of a season. Because it's just that difficult to score from. And Liverpool do exactly the same. Liverpool work their way and take shots inside the sticks as well, yeah. not just inside the area. Yeah. They work at Century to a good area of the field. And I've shown this over the course of maybe the back end of last season on the show and this season, that that's what Liverpool are doing really well. So that's why our XG's up. It's, it's just up over two goals a game, 2.05, whereas last season it was just under two goals, 1.92 it was last season, something like that. So from a chance creation point of view, if you, if you like the XG stuff, we're doing much better. We're covering the ball a little bit less. I don't think we're pressing as, as high uh, as, as we used to or as often, uh, but I do feel that's mainly down to making sure that the lads after the World Cup can go for
0: a 38-game Premier League season. Yeah, and this is the thing, It's it feels, keep, keep coming back to it, and it's going to be the, the, until Liverpool get, in, you know, snot a few teams back-to-back, back, I think it's going to be the overriding thing, but I can't, I can't get on board with this, like it's like it's a bad, like it's a bad thing, you know, I, I get it. But we've actually been with Klopp a long time, You're know, going back to mm. Mainz, he's been a, he's been a truf, trusted lieutenant and there's really interesting points about him how I think Klopp, but to be fair, I think Klopp set us up for this because we all heard the stories about how highly regarded him, how he, he he's sold him, well exactly, and how he sold him to Liverpool as being as important to the whole enterprise as, as he is and we've, we've bought into that and it's hard to buy into that and then all of a sudden be told that he's not needed and he's not important. And no
1: one's and, ever said he's not needed or not important.
0: Mm.
1: He just said that he's not there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, no one's saying that he's not, he's not important, but. Don't think that Klopp hasn't learned everything that Buvac knows in 17 years working together. Because yeah. yes, he might, he might not Bubac might be a better coach than Jurgen Klopp. We mm. don't know, we, we, you know, but Klopp really likes the other people that he's got in his team as mm. well. You know, he was very very happy to get that lad's name back from. Was it any Oh um, Pe- Pepe. There's very happy to get Pepe. There's back, wasn't he? You know, we saw the quotes of when he left and how important he was to him, but. Everyone always everyone is talking from this Buvach thing with blinkers on, to be honest with you, Paul, yeah. because everyone's talking about the attack, the attack, the attack. Are we just gonna say that Virgil van Dijk's the reason that the defence is better? <laughs> is that the only reason? Because yeah. it was Buvac making the defence shit. Right. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean yeah, like yeah, yeah. You look if at we're going to
0: use the logic that he attacks worse because he's not there you've got to say that he, the, the defence is better because he's not there if you're going to use the specious reasoning behind that yeah absolutely exactly. yeah. blinkers Yeah. so 0.42 a
1: game we're conceding at the moment and we conceded one goal a game last season in the Premier League you know, that's a big big difference and the, and the difference in actual goals scored and stuff isn't as big as that
0: yeah no um, I, I I, that's the thing for me and, I, and the points I, are better I look I, I think this is down to the midfield I think we have we have looked to we've looked to revamp our midfield this season that was clearly look that's where the money that's where the money went and I know we spent we, you know Naby was technically bought the season before or whatever but we've gone out and bought what close to £100 million worth of midfielders in the summer if if the all of the four we, we were looking to spend a well in excess of 100 100 million getting closer to 120 30 40 50 million pounds, so it's clearly been identified as an area where Liverpool majorly needed to improve. And I I the comment we lost Phil Coutinho last season, and, and I, again it's remembered him being more midfield than he was. He wasn't you know he predominantly still played left left wing for us, but Emery Chan's a a big thing. Emery Chan is a miss. There's a lad who understood how we play. There's a lad who could play them, who could play in the six for us, or he could play in the. He's got an overhead kick against Wafford for us, for God's sake. You know what I mean? Like, until Fabinho does that, he can't, he can't do it. It's not in his locker, and it's something we've lost from our from our <laughs> team. I'm not saying you, know, you could rely on a on a, well, a goal of the season from, from your midfielder, but Emery Chan did that. That is a thing that Liverpool don't have in the midfield anymore. And I and I just think it's be, we are still. So, growing into this this Clop, season, Klopp doesn't like to make
1: loads of signings. I think that's been evidenced throughout his career. He makes signings when he needs to make signings. Yeah. Klopp wants to win the Premier League with Liverpool. That's why Klopp made such big business, didn't yeah. he? You know? And you're integrating Alisson, you're integrating Keita, you're integrating Fabinho, and now you're integrating
0: Shaqiri, and you're changing your front line. Is it really any surprise that we're not quite hitting the heights? Yeah, yeah that's right. Isn't it? And, and and there's also that thing of... And obviously, I'm, the, the, the rotation of formation things a big a big deal in this, and we're still not sure who best plays where because at the minute we four two three one and my thought is we've said it said it before, James Milne doesn't fit in that. Does Nabi Keita fit in a four two four two three one? Well Fabinho does, but does he fit in a four three three? And and then who's your Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain replacement? Shaqiri doesn't fit in a 4-3-3 in the midfield, but he does fit in a 4-2-3-1. We're still finding our way out through this, and I think when the midfield clicks, I think all of the, this is The Bouvats thing to me is like the FSG thing from a from a year ago and the years prior to that. It's when things aren't 100% right and you've got this inkling that things aren't right, you start to look for big reasoning behind it, whereas I think sometimes it's a little bit more... Simple than that. Mm-hmm. It's the first half of a season. Man City are changing all expectations. Man, you're not meant to be as good as Man City are in the first half of a season. It's freakish. Um will they be able to maintain it for a full season? Probably, because they're that good. But who who knows? It's it's likely no, because it's very diff- it's a very difficult thing to do. There's just so many small mitigating things that I don't think in and of themselves are are, are, the, are the 100% reason. But when they start to club together, you start to realise that it, it forms a larger picture. And then not and that's really frustrating as a fan because it would be lovely if it was Bouvac because you'd just be like, well, there's the answer to your problem. It gives me something to be angry about, but it also gives me something, like, here's, here's, a, here's, a, here's, a, here's a fixed solution to it. What? there's no solution but playing football matches and getting people integrated I,
1: I, my rant was about like the other day was about so, so what if it is <laughs> he's not he's not here yeah
0: there's
1: no other boovatch
0: yeah yeah
1: great you've identified the problem now what
0: yeah what do we do do you, prote- you still got to do what you need to do, do, you, do on the football field do you protest because yeah exactly fucking stupid mate yeah it's <laughs> But it's like but it'd be like it's like me and you have a fucking massive falling out and can't work together anymore and one of us is forced to carry on and we have to get somewhere else in so we go, No, you need to get them back in. It's like it won't No, <laughs> no, it's not it, happening. Well, no exactly it's like Klopp Klopp is the guy, is the main man. It's it, it, this is the thing we do. This we are we sacking Klopp to hire Bouvash? Is that the fucking only answer? Ex- exactly. It's like it's just watching what, fucking, do you, what do people want it's fucking stupid. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, oh and, and
1: the thing is, he, like, I I actually disagree with it being Buvac anyway. Yeah. But even if even if I agreed with it,
0: and what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Still
1: doesn't fucking change anything. Yeah. He's not here. Yeah. You have to find another way to do it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's funny. Um. But yeah. I, I yeah for me I think what you said I think we're better this season so that should be that should be used instead of going I just it's cry it's fucking cry Chris like it's like saying at the moment it's like complaining that the um, the tape deck in your Ferrari doesn't work at the moment that that's kind of where, what I'm at with it like we have to have something to be to, to moan about or something that's not right and something to pick at and it's because. We've maybe it's because people's lives are so filled with Liverpool, and and you know when we've in the years gone by, you've got so many discussion points. We, just, we, we said this; we actually got a, a great discussion out of the Fulham game ultimately, and because and, there, there were some really interesting points that we, once we watched it back. But I said in the build to when we were watching the first half back, and I was like, this feels like the kind of game that I wouldn't normally. Talk about it. If I didn't have to talk about it, I wouldn't. I wouldn't talk about it. I'd just get my head down for a couple of weeks and then be ready for the next game. And I think there's a lot of Liverpool people have a need a lot of Liverpool conversation in their lives, and it's been filled with misery for so long that without those things to be miserable about. How are you gonna fill your fucking you when you're on the bog in work because you hate your job and you're having a fucking shit that you don't really need? How are you what are you gonna do to occupy yourself? You've been fucking moaning and, about and the How many the people last five actually years.
1: are doing that right
0: now while, we're, while you're listening to us? Hi. Make sure you wipe and wash your hands. Um and start watching us while you're having the shit. It's weird. Um the um but this is the, you know what I mean? I think people have, have have a big, a gaping hole in their lives that was normally filled with just being having lots of things to complain about with it's, Liverpool. It's, we, we all sort of crave drama, and when there isn't any drama, we don't know what to do. No people, and people, people who do genuinely crave drama create drama. People do. It. I've seen it in all walks. Of, this is not a football thing. This is a life thing. People always say, why? Why does drama always find? Drama doesn't always find you. You find drama. You you fucking fucking end. Just fucking, you're honestly like, honestly, like, Who, are honestly, you, who were you thinking of when you loans, said that? Yeah. I, I, I worked in pubs, mate. I, I just live with people who fucking, self-destructive people always seem to think that the fucking, the drama follows them whereas yeah, it's not. It's, it's, it's you. It is you. Um, so yeah, it's, people only have themselves to blame. No, I look, I, I'm, I, am, I am joking to some extent that, you know, I, I get it. We, we, it's easy to be fearful and as I said, that circle exists that is, and, and and until Liverpool do ki- properly, properly kick into high gear on a consistent basis, there's nothing it's nothing wrong to have a steady level of, what's the word, scepticism, mm-hmm. because we've had our hearts broken so many times, and there'll be people who are unwilling to commit to having their heart broken again to buy any... And, and ultimately, there's people who are just like that. And it's like, there's a great line, and I, and I didn't realise this, and it's, it's a good way to live your life. It was um, it was about Winnie the Pooh. Okay. and how Eeyore is just, just the most miserable, miserable thing in their world, and yet they still choose to have him round because they have to accept him because that's just what Eeyore is. Now, I would caveat that with he's not Winnie the Pooh's best mate. No, he's not. Winnie the Pooh doesn't choose to be around here all the time. (laughs) There are selective times and they let him live off in his his own little little wood or whatever. But, you know, fair play. If people people are are struggling with it, that's fine. And, you know, because we all deal with our stresses in in, in different ways. But at the moment, what I I always say, and I, I normally have to save this for when people are ready to sack managers and stuff, is that when the optimistic people's heads go, that's when you want to be concerned about it. But at the minute, this is our best start to a Premier League season ever you feel like you're just saying the same thing over and over honestly, but like Chris, honestly that the words sink in yeah honestly honestly it's fine and I trust that most people who watch yeah. us and then listen to our stuff share a similar mentality because I've been I'm sure there's plenty of other avenues for people who, who are out there who are just miserable cryasses and you know we can go go listen to them they're fine um but yeah look we're, we're, we're fine we're happy all is good um and the content is great on the Redman TV that' got a cracking question. It was a brilliant question. Thank you very much, Ryan O'Donnell. Uh, A couple of quick ones to get through before we wrap up. Um, Aaron Ray says, congrats on the win. Thanks, Alan. Um, My question is, if you could swap any three Premier League teams for any three European teams, who would you pick and why?
1: United, City, Chelsea, swap with La uh, La Liga 2's Zaragoza, (laughs) Tenerife and Oviedo.
0: Absolutely spot on. Yeah, Uh, take out... Yeah, I want, just take out really shit organised teams in the Premier League that end up with British managers who come uh, turgid and horrible. Mercy most of them got relegated, so it's not as much of an issue this season. And bring in Getafe, and bring in all that dross from La Liga. I went La Liga, went to Liga too. Yeah, exactly. I was yeah. not even going that. Yeah.
1: I want them a year there to get up, and I don't know how many people get promoted, hopefully just two. <laughs> uh, so one of them has to languish there for another season hopefully United, yeah. and then when they get into there, finally, they've got Barcelona and Real Madrid to play, and yeah. they are just too good, and they nick all their players, because they are now the, the teams that they pick their players
0: from. I would, maybe it is a thing, because it, it, let's do it from a double edge perspective, swap, like, City out with Hoffenheim, for example, or... Uh, uh, no, I've, th- I've thought about this, and the
1: reason you don't is because you want to win the European Cup as well, And so Barcelona, Real Madrid, City, United, Chelsea makes that league like the Premier League now where you've got five plus Atletico, six amazing teams Mm. in one league that just have to fight so hard for their league title that they take the eye off the European prize Mm. and then Liverpool stroll in as Premier League and European Cup winners. And you know what? We do the fucking quadruple. Absolutely. What about
0: this then? Because I agree, that's a great point. Put two in the Bundesliga. So put like... United and City in the Bundesliga, so you've got three plus Dortmund competing for the for the Bundesliga title. You've already got Barca, Real, and Atletico competing in there. So you put one more in there. So you put Chelsea, say, in there, and you end up with two ridiculously competitive but it, leagues.
1: It I, the reason I wouldn't do that is Bayern don't win the Champions League, yeah, anyway. yeah. so it doesn't seem to matter to yeah, them.
0: Yeah. yeah, fair enough. Um, Brilliant. Okay, thanks for that, uh, Aaron. Leave yours. What, what were yours? One, but that that I that's what I do. I, I I put I put two in the Bundesliga. So you're making because the minute there's no cha- there's no challenge in that league. So you are fucking Bayern Munich was fucked Bayern Munich, and you're making it so also but they're also so dominant in that league that Man City could go into that and would would struggle because they got another super team in that in that league as well. And then you throw United in just so they they you know cut each happy. other's throats, and again put Chelsea in. Put, put Chelsea in there for the same thing no none of them replace are, them with drops. Just none of them are guaranteed therefore guaranteed anything regular and they've all got that consistent fight on a regular basis um, Matthew Welch should Liverpool still go for Nabil Fakir if his knee's fine if his knee is fine if Liverpool have made peace with the fact that that's what he what he is absolutely go and get Nabil, Nabil Fakir I'm, I'm, I'm all in on that I do I, I said this uh, on some show this week was it the final word Um I, th- I think it's talent that we're lacking one more player for the front three, because I think at the minute, we're, we're either... If we play 4-3-3, we haven't got an Oxlade-Chamberlain replacement. And if we're playing 4-2-3-1, we haven't got another guy who can play on the left-hand on the left side. Because, as we said, you can play Salah or Shaqiri on the right. You can play Sturridge, Firmino or Salah up front. At the minute, it's, it's Mane or... Firmino or Lalana, there's just too much of a drop off there. And a fakir to put in the rotation would have made a massive difference for us. Thanks for the question. Um, Roscoe, our good friend at Bailey Shaw, um, sent this in. Uh, and, and yeah, uh, in memory of the great Stanley, what's your favorite, top three favorite Marvel movies? Yeah, I another thing we were on the, we were on the way to the awards and seeing that uh, if we were at the awards and it broke that Stanley died, I'm a massive comic fan. And that's, I mean, he's look he was 95 years old. The guy is an uh, absolute institution. Either created directly or had a massive creative influence in creating some of the greatest comic book characters of all time. You know, Spider Man, the Fantastic Four, the, the, the lot, all the, all the early dudes, you know, and um, yeah, a, a massive loss.
1: Um, is this why you gave us these bugs for tea? I know this is DC like, but. Well, and Chris, there we go. And this, if you want to know what, <laughs> the, the difference right there, um, no. That was just dumb luck that you gave yourself a Marvel bug today. It was
0: dumb luck. Um, but yeah, t- telling that you put more, had to put more thought into this question because of the, ba- the, the 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 you did know the Batman. I've taught you well over the, the years.
1: The Batman stuff I knew. I I probably could have worked out Justice League because I think Batman's in Justice League. Yeah. Superman I know is DC. I, I don't I probably I don't know if I know any of the others. Green Lantern. Not Marvel. Good. Green Arrow. Well, now I want to say Marvel. Marvel. Now, oh, well, <laughs> um, Arrow, Isn't that the same thing? It's the same character, yeah. <laughs> um, well, well, is Green Arrow then DC and Green Lantern DC? I uh-huh. feel a bit lazy. Why did they both go with Green? Why didn't um, they go like the Purple Arrow?
0: Well, the, the, yeah, yeah, just big fan of Green. Maybe printing print costs back in the 30s. <laughs> um, top three favorite Marvel movies. Um,
1: in no particular order, Guardian of the Galaxy.
0: Fucking Guardians of the Galaxy,
1: shit. Carry on. Iron Man. And Avengers or Black Panther.
0: Okay. Um, I add Iron Man Winter Soldier Homecoming and you've said Guardians of the Galaxy, so I'm going to Jettison Iron Man for Guardians of the Galaxy. Um... That is very, it's, impo- it's impossible. I, I love so many Marvel films. It's very, very difficult. Um, let us know your top three Marvel movies in the comments. Well, we're going to be doing the it's subscriber There's going to be so many people go. Which Guardians? Yeah. Which Avengers it's, film, it's the, I mean, the first Guardians of the Galaxy. The second's good. The second is know, good. Yeah, it's just not. But good it's the, the first. first it's, yeah. yeah. The first is a perfect movie. Um, I, uh, yeah. soundtrack. My word. My word indeed. Um. We're going to be doing the bonus Q&A for the subscribers of the TheRedBendTV.com. So if you enjoy this podcast and you, you just think, I don't want it to end, I want more. I want more of Paul and Chris chatting Biff about random stuff and football. Uh, we've got a bunch of questions coming up on that, um, including rock, paper, scissors choices. Is this you? What? what? Poor James. Yeah. Uh, what football rule would we change? Uh, our favourite YouTubers' uh, thoughts on the European Super League. Um, how, how do we deal with Liverpool losses? Um, picking between Liverpool, how, uh, one of those standard what to do for Liverpool winning a league conversations. How would Redman TV would take over the Bootroom Sports Cafe at Anfield? And what we would do to Graham Soonest with a particular item from our fridge? Um, <laughs> go over to redmantv.com, uh, sign up. You get a free month to try and have. Have a little look around. Of course, there's a back catalogue. There's the stats and tactics that we've covered there. There's the final word show. There's the Red News Roundup show. The Liverpool Women's Podcast. There's interviews with Liverpool uh, players and managers, past and present on there as well. It's an absolute belter. Uh, it's £5 a month normally, but as I say, go and have a little a look around and see how you're getting on. And you know what, if you like it, maybe speak to Father Christmas and say, can I have a subscription uh, for, for Crimble? I'm it's, sure It's mad, is it?
1: We say this all but the time about it. But more, I speak to someone who actually has money. We talk about it's £5 a month. we probably put out... A... Around about a good between six and ten hours of content on the website every single week, for for essentially one pound twenty
0: five. I think about you know what I mean. I think about this when I think about people who work on TV channels, and and there's you know the the big presenters and they they flit around. They do lots of other bits and pieces, but there's there can't be too many individual individual institutions per like per body. Per man hour, the amount of content that we put out on that website, I think, is 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 yeah, it's it, it, it's good value, and uh, please do go and have a check out. And if you enjoy it, please let other people know how much you enjoy it, because um, you know recommendations are always good. Um, thanks everyone for watching and for listening as well. Yeah, see you over on the Walk on.